Hey everybody, the Con Artists here. We're here for the end of the Spring 2020 core, and we're going to be talking about what we watched, how it went, and what we recommend to you. So, uh, Brendan is missing this time around. Uh, it's just oh, my Brendan. I know, Brendan, come back. Why? Um, so, it's myself, Sue, Scott, hello, and Dan. Hey, All right, so let's roll. Uh, what do we want to start with? How about... Um, my life is villainous. All routes lead to doom. There's a mouthful for you. We've just been calling it a Tome game to make it easier for everyone to remember. Mm. Significantly easier on the palate. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we a couple of us picked up this show uh, just because it sounded like a fun little premise. And it basically boils down to a uh, young woman in uh, high school wakes up in basically in the body of the villainous of an Atome game that she was obsessed with. Uh, not to spoil too much of what um, of, how the, of how the mechanics of all of that work, but basically suffice to say, uh, in that game, every single option that the player character chooses leads to her doom, either death or exile. So she's trying to uh, figure out a way around that. And it basically boils down to, what if this person, who everyone expected to be mean and terrible, was actually really nice and everyone loved them? Yeah, it's true. The um, While the main character continues to think like there's a threat to her, like there pretty much isn't relatively soon. <laughs> because she has managed to befriend every single other character. Yes. Uh, so really, it, it's a very, I don't know, kind of like a light, fluffy show that's enjoyable to watch without a lot of... I don't know, drama or really anything to worry about. For the most part, there are some weird things that are thrown in there uh, later because this is a world with like magic and whatnot. And there's like one episode with a magic book in a hidden library that is particularly fun to see. But uh, for the most part, you're right. There isn't a there isn't a lot of actual conflict up until the end. Uh, it's mostly just about the various shenanigans she and her, you know, growing group of friends slash, like, want-to-be lovers uh, get into. Yeah, like, it, I would say it's often funny. Like, it's been, it's pretty much a comedy with extremely light drama. Uh, and kind of that's about it. It's just like, I don't know, eating some popcorn. Just fun to watch. Absolutely. Like, it's easy to root for the main character, even if she totally doesn't need your help. I did love this show. Yeah, I, I, it's soft. It's funny. I love everyone in it. Uh, Katarina herself is dumber than a bag of rocks. So <laughs> watching her, you know, subtly circumvent everyone's love ad advances was, was really cute. Hmm. Um, I loved watching her charm the pants off of everyone. Like her inadvertent way of using lines and scenes from the game that end up corralling everybody into being in love with her was, was really adorable. Uh, I love that it's super open with its sexuality. Like Mary, oh, yeah, yeah. Mary is hilariously, adorably, <laughs> obsessively gay. Like, good gracious! <laughs> right? She's like, "Who are all of these rivals? She is mine." Yeah, exactly. It's, it's and it's, it's just cute. Or like, uh, you know, Maria is just like outright. It's just like Katarina. I'm in love with you. She's too dumb to notice. Like, really understand. But she just cannot parse it. it she is... can't. Right. She's like, no, 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 you have to pick one of these options. I played this game, dang it. Um, so it's, it's really cute. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be the curmudgeon of the group and just go for it. I, I do think it's a little repetitive towards the end. Uh, it just kind of loops and loops and loops on reflecting on why everybody loves Katarina. And I was like, 
I get it show. Like, I got it the first time around. And we <laughs> did have one recap episode. There's an episode where her maid and reflects on kind of she's been a watcher and watching everyone and, and knows what's going on. And she's like, Katarina's a moron. Here's all these people who are in love with her. And here's the reason I love her. And I thought it was very touching. And mm -hmm. it was nice to get sort of that wrap up moment. But then they do it again in the yeah. second to last episode. Like, she's knocked out, and they're like, let's reminisce about why we love Katarina. And I'm like, I, I know. we've established it. <laughs> yeah, I think we've done this, like, a million, billion times. And the, and at least the one with uh, with Anne, you had her, like, slightly out of frame in every other uh, that scene. That was great. That it was, was pretty so fun. great. Like, it, it wasn't just repeating shots. Yeah, it was just adorable. Like, it's just Anne in the background, always. And, um... I think the other thing that was kind of hard was that that second to last episode did drive me a little nuts. Like, I love this show when it's literally just Katarina's dumber than a brick and everyone is trying to get with her in their own adorable or hilariously scheming ways. <laughs> when they tried to introduce, like, real plot and villainy quote-unquote and then they introduced this whole thing about super spoilers, her best friend in in the real world might actually be in this game playing with her and i was like whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute are you dead too are you playing through the game and you're coming now like you're projecting yourself on this character so you can be with your best friend who you may or may not have been in love with is there like a twin souls thing going on here right like how does how does that work and i don't want to think about those things the true answer is you ask too many questions like, <laughs> i am asking too many is, questions it is yeah. definitely like they don't intend for these questions to be asked. right yeah i know it, it's that mst3k thing right if but it does, but it does also mean that they're adding this in and it's not really contributing anything right like don't don't do that because you don't know how to do it you know it it, it felt like one of those yeah. moments where like don't don't write that in there if if that's not what you're capable of of giving me because it will spurn out those those questions like I'm not the best at being a passive watcher. Um also I just like I said the dark stuff towards the end in the in the last episode was just not good and you're you guys are at a magic school somebody use some damn magic like the <laughs> the enemy is like magic I have black like... magic and there's like this evil fog around him right and I'm like Maria, you have light magic. Isn't that how this is supposed to work? Use some magic. And she's like, oh no, the fog is too thick. I'm like, no one uses magic. Except for like background <laughs> shots or backstory with Keith and that one or two times Katarina makes these adorable earth bumps on the ground. Earth bump. I'm like, yay. But no one actually uses magic. Anyway, I'm done with being curmudgeon -y. The show adds some weird stuff towards the end, which doesn't make any sense. I also... Other spoileries saw that they're bringing a second season in 2021, which makes me really? very agitated. Really? Yes, because this show ends beautifully, and I was very happy, and I don't need any more of it. So I don't it understand. It does feel like it has a perfect ending for which no more is needed. So. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought know. that was a little absurd. It also, you know, it loops a little on itself. But honestly, it was soft and it was fluffy. We had a great time. Absolutely watch this show, at least from my Yeah, end. it's good. Yeah, our nitpicks are all very minor. This is us thinking about it way too hard. We we enjoyed our time with it. Definitely. I did. I did. Yeah. Look forward to all of the, uh, you know, female Atome game isekai copies that are coming soon. Before we move on, who is the best for Katarina? Oh, wow. <gasps> okay, I'm on Team Sophia. I was, oh, shoot, you, t I, you took it from me. I was going to say Sophia. Really? Okay. 
I was yeah. going to say, um, oh god, the 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 head prince's brother was that Keith? Keith not her, Alan, not Alan, Alan. Alan. Because, if only because he is okay. the he is the one who seems to have sorted himself out the best. Yeah, I can I also see Alan. Dan, I I thought of you because in in one, it was something on Anime News Network, and they were like laughing at the one episode with the magic book, where like everyone's trying to like, get with Katarina, and then they were like. Alan, the one true Chad who doesn't get his moment in the sun to like have a saucy fan fiction with Katarina, gets a real life romantic moment he with does. Katarina up in the, in the tree, tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. looking at nice. the sunset, and they're like winner, winner. So good That's job. Dan. Although honestly, an endless life of like gentleman thief adventures with Nicole yes, is a close I will second. Watch that is that a very spinoff. Uh, I will very watch a spinoff with with Nickel basically being Tuxedo Mask. I will watch. Yeah, close second. So if the second season is Tuxedo Mask Adventures with Katarina and Nickel now that he's graduated, like, mm-hmm, I will watch that. All right, we will see what happens. Uh, what's up next? Listeners is up next, gentlemen. <laughs> Listeners is up next. Let me tell you a little story. So we watched Listeners, right? So, and, and my husband and I are watching this because it's about music, and I, I like to include him because my husband's a musician. And, and I was like, okay, babe, let's... Uh, Let's watch this thing. And he starts, like, picking out a whole bunch of stuff that he's catching. And the story is is actually weaving in, like, music in an interesting way. And I was like, babe, like, I didn't think it was all that great. We didn't think it was plot-wise all that great. And I was like, honey, we're coming to a precipice here. I'm going to warn you. I have a four-episode threshold. If I hit four episodes on a 13-episode show, that's it. I'm stuck. My foot yeah. is too far in the quicksand. I'm going all the way in. Unless it does something, like, atrociously bad. But that's it. So we hit this four-episode threshold. Now Alex was like, ah, it's not, like, that great, but let's try another one. Like, they're getting there. And I was like, you just want to watch this show, babe, don't you? He's like, yeah, okay, it's my kind of trash. Can we just watch it? So we did. Uh, this show is garbage. Don't watch it. Uh, um, excellent, because I watched one episode, and I was out. Oh, man. Uh, it has it has really neat music themes. So just to go through it quick, um, so there's a boy named Echo. He lives in a town called Liverchester. Ha ha ha! If you're into music, you should be giggling. Um, he meets a a girl who has a headphone jack in the back, uh, in her on her back near her tailbone, and uh, she's called a player. And when he plugs in this amplifier that he's made, she can manifest a robot out of the amplifier. And they fight these creatures like, called like the, the Earless. the most anime thing I've ever heard. I know, heard. the most anime thing I've ever heard. They fight these creatures, these black, like, foggy creatures called the Earless. And uh, they also live in a world where music doesn't actually exist. So no one knows what music is. And they go on this journey that, you know, will change the world is what the, the back of the box says, so to speak. But they've got amplifiers lying around. Okay. Exactly. Sure. Um, so like Carol and Tuesday, this is the only analogy I'm going to make to Carol and Tuesday, someone on the show, on the writing staff, absolutely knew Western music and Western music history. There's a lot of subtle details in this that absolutely no one who's like Japanese or been steeped in only Eastern music would have any idea. Uh, actually, every episode is pulling from a Western band, you know, the Who, Yes, Pink oh, Floyd. Neat. Yeah, so it's it's all done with Western music. Uh, how music is incorporated into the world is really neat. Things like the names of towns. I just gave you the names of characters. Uh, there's an episode called Teen Spirit where uh, the lead character, who's a player, his name is Near. You should probably catch on pretty easy hey. with that one. Um, 
the use of props. Uh, at one point, they're like looking at a map, the two lead characters, Mew, the girl who's a player, and Echo. Um, and the map is actually a album cover for the band Yes. So it's little subtle things like that. City designs, character designs. Like I said in that same Teen Spirit episode, the one character near is designed exactly like Kurt Cobain. Like she looks like Kurt Cobain. She's wearing the right sweatshirt. Uh, and she's also a player. And to get a little morbid, her headphone jack is on the, if she's facing forward, the left side of her head. And that's because Kurt Cobain blew his brains out on that side with a shotgun. So, you know, little little things like that that they know in in the character design. I mean, that's a lot more than anime usually does when it takes yeah. a bunch of names from stuff. So that's pretty impressive. It's really shocking how, how good they did with those kinds of things. Um, as ugly as they were kind of CG-wise, the design of the robots, believe it or not, I'm going to compliment. Uh, since they all come out oh. of an amplifier, uh, Alex knows all about these amplifiers, and he was like, holy crap. Like, the, So the, the one the lead characters have is called a Vox amplifier. And when it transforms, it has these like blue speakers in the back that are powering it. And he's like, holy crap, that's the blue speaker Vox design. Like, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> they actually put those into Vox amplifiers. So little things like that they knew, and they did that consistently. Wow. Like all these different amplifiers that they had, they animated beautifully. And when they transformed, they really had elements of the speaker sorry, the amplifier incorporated into the robot. Um, sometimes there were, there were strokes of genius in this show. Like like I said with the Teen Spirit episode, I really liked. Um, eventually they have this weird episode where they find like the crossroads of all things, the origin of, of like music and the earless, and it's actually based off of the urban legend of Robert Johnson. I don't know if you guys know this legend, but the urban myth is that he sold his soul to the devil for the ability to play blues better than anyone like ever and he did this in a span of like i forget it was a very short span of time he somehow became like the god of blues and so there's a myth that he you know went down to a crossroads and sold his soul to the devil and they really play into that very beautifully this show is basically the best way i can describe it is it's like a bunch of vignettes like someone took a vignette around a band like this episode is about pink floyd this episode is about nirvana this episode is about prince um and made these little worlds and then never ever thought about the connective tissue in between <laughs> so it's basically the kino's journey of music correct yeah that's a good way to describe it and our, our heroes are just on this journey to these all these different places so individually there are episodes that you'll be like wow that's a really cool way to incorporate you know Pink Floyd or whatever. Um, together, the show is absolutely awful. Its plot makes no sense. Towards the end, they're just like saying lines at each other. And it was like the most anime thing. Ever. I was like, I don't understand what's coming out of your mouth. Like they're just speaking at each other in, in phrases that don't make any sense. Um, players, people start turning into players, like human people. And you're like, that's a, you never taught me to do that. What, what the devil? What is going um, on? This is so dumb. Um, but yeah, that's my shtick on it. It's bad. Don't watch it. Uh, uh, I guess, you know, if there was ever a 101 you wanted to put together on how to incorporate music into a show, I would actually be able to pull certain episodes out and point out really cool stuff. But that's that's literally it. Don't watch the show. It's bad. That's my Fair shtick. Enough. Dang shame. It is yeah, quite it a shame. Like it could it have really been, is. Could have been a lot it better. It could have been fantastic. 
Alas. Alas. Well, from there, I'll uh, take it. Uh, and I watched uh, BNA this season, or I guess Brand New Animal. That's what it stands for. Yeah. Uh, like, what if... Uh, shoot, what was the name of that Disney one? Zootopia? Zootopia. What if, what if Trigger Made Zootopia is basically the plot of this show? Man, everyone's remaking Zootopia. What if horny, pe- what if horny people remade Zootopia? What <laughs> if Trigger remade Zootopia? Exactly. It sounds like Zootopia's had a, a pretty pretty wide influence. So, uh, let's see. Like, what I like about it, it, it is good. Uh, it looks really good because it's Trigger. The fight scenes look good, but even the normal stuff looks good too. Uh, if you've seen their movie Pramare, it has similar themes to that movie, but it has a lot more time to flesh out the world and characters, which is to its benefit. Uh, it's also not as over the top as some of Trigger's recent stuff, like Pramare, which is also to its benefit. Yeah. Uh, so I think all of those things are good. Uh, the city, the, the basic premise is there's a city where animal people live. Uh, like people have genetic code that sometimes they turn into animals. And there is like deep-seated hatred of animal people by humans. So they all move to this city. And pretty much all the action takes place in the city dealing with like animal people issues. Uh, so it, as you might imagine, it tries to tackle a lot of social issues. Primarily, it's the racism between the humans and animal people. Uh, but there is some related themes, like the myth of the noble savage is like the theme of an entire episode, which was pretty neat. Uh, now, it isn't particularly deep. Uh, like they also have time for a baseball episode. And there's, you know, the main plot of the show, which is a threat to the city. Uh, but it's a lot more than I'm used to from anime, so I guess it's got that going for it. Uh, another thing I've put in the pro category, so the main character is a girl who can turn into a tanuki girl, uh, and, like, minor spoilers here, like, for plot reasons, she can also manifest any other animal's characteristics. And so she partners with this wolf guy, and they basically are like a buddy cop duo that tries to solve, like, problems in the city, in addition to these other things happening. Scott, I'm picturing, like, the most 80s, like, an 80s overture, like, over this buddy cop thing. Like, you say buddy cop, not in my head. It's, like, this 80s, like, they're all, run, they're running towards the screen and stuff, and I'm like, yes. Oh, I actually, like, it's it's already good. That would make it even better. Uh, but there's no forced romance between these two main characters. Like, they just have a partnership that gets stronger over time, and that's Shock it. and oh. I was, I was shocked. Like, well done, Trigger. That gets a golf clap. Yeah, I think it's a golf clap. Uh, in terms of cons, like, I feel like it really just needed one more episode to resolve things in a satisfying way. Like, the villain and his reveal are so over-the-top ridiculous in the final episode that it threatens the cohesiveness of the whole plot. But, thankfully, you can almost, like, ignore it <laughs> once it's over and be like, yeah, but, like, the rest of the show was great except for this stupid bit. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, did you really need that baseball episode? I think you could have used the time over here. Um, but overall, I would recommend BNA. Also, really good opening and ending theme. Oh, really? Really good. Very enjoyable. Might have to go yeah, back. Yeah, I, I second him on that. They're very catchy. Yeah, super catchy. Uh, I mean, that's probably about it for BNA. Recommended. Going back to uh, other shows that uh, we were interested in with. The surprising lack of romance, actually, considering the time period and subject matter. Uh, some of us watched uh, Arte, which is a show about a young woman in early 16th century Florence uh, trying to become an artist. And before that sort of thing was particularly accepted. So she's, 
you know, ridiculed and looked down on and has to, you know, pull herself up by her bootstraps and overcome it along with her, uh, along with her, uh, mentor and also trying to sort of make her own way as a new artist in the middle of the Renaissance. Um, so okay. overall the show is, it's very light. There's not, I think like Sue and I discussed this earlier, there's just not a lot of conflict in it. So most of it is just sort of an episode of this is uh, this is Arte learning about what uh, fresco work is like and having to you know sort of show her skills and determination to this group of dudes who don't believe her, and, or don't believe in her I should say. Uh, this is one where she meets a courtesan and has to sort of understand her role in the world and how she has sort of taken her own view of how to you know seize power and uh seize power and responsibility for yourself as a woman in this time that was not particularly kind to them um so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nice little stories in amongst all of this but the overarch uh, the overarching story of the show just doesn't have a lot of uh i guess it doesn't have a lot of meat on its bones I don't know if you'd agree with that, Sue. It just it it all felt very light. It was fine. It was enjoyable, much like um, much like uh, my next life as a villainess. The overall package is fine, but uh, feels like there could have been a little bit more to it in places. Uh I guess I'll agree with that. Yeah, to an extent, but I really loved this show. No, that's sorry, that's not, fine. Sorry, I'm not, not trying to. Uh, I'm not trying to say it's bad. Just that. Uh, just that. I kind of. I came out of it wanting. Uh, wanting there to be a little bit more to it. I suppose. Yeah, and I think you know by the time we finished it, my husband and I were like, "Where the hell is the second season?" Yeah. Well, and, um, we were we were really into it. Um, I think Arte is very genuine as a person. I like that she charms people around her with her actual skill. Like she's a very skilled artist. This is not, Kon. Um, she, she has an immense (laughs) open-mindedness. Yeah. She has an immense open-mindedness. Like she really accepts people for who they are. Um, so she's like, not Katarina. I'm sorry, Katarina. I love (laughs) you, but you're just so dumb. Um, I loved all the other characters around her. Like I liked Leo and his curmudgeoniness. I liked all the friends she meets, you know, like as Dan pointed out, Veronica, who is the courtesan, really loved her and her role. You know, um, she's also a highly educated woman, which which kind of is intriguing given her position. Like, you wouldn't think of that. Um, the show looks nice majority of the time. I mean, it it's it's uh, pretty to look at. I, I really loved learning a lot of the little things about Florence in the 16th century. And I, I gained a lot of appreciation, like, for what we have today art-wise. You know, I'm, I'm in engineering, and so I'm really steeped in that tech world, and I appreciate... What, what we have today technology-wise, you know, I also have some, like, health things I deal with, so I appreciate where we are medically. I don't really get to ever sit back and appreciate where we are artistically. You know, they have... You, you can walk into Home Depot and buy 150 shades of blue paint, and watching these people, like, make blue paint <laughs> every time they have to order something. Like, if someone orders... Uh, something with blue they're just like oh my gosh blue like that is so expensive and time consuming (laughs) and you're like these people had to make blue or make purple this was something you sent your 
apprentice to go do for the day go make the blue paint that we have to use yeah they call all of their uh they all they all call the places they work workshops they're not uh this isn't an artist's gallery this isn't a conservatory like it like it would be for art students in a modern setting this is this is hard work all of these students like are working are you know working their hands to the bone and for fun they play like a italian variation of rugby it is they are they are hardy folk and Arte can you know Arte can uh, keep up with the best of them so it is fun to see just the amount of work and energy that has to be expended in order to make these incredibly elaborate pieces of art oh so i was going to ask like how what the balance was between like plot things and learning about the artistic you know difficulty of the time period it sounds like they really got into that there's no and there's no like exposition it's all the characters it's all of you learning it as the characters are learning it right or like you experiencing it kind of as part of a plot point like yeah the the reason that leo her mentor you know arte's mentor accepts her is because he's he's like okay you you look like just some rich girl who wants to do art for fun you know what make me 25 easels in an evening this is like impossible. It was like twenty or twenty-five. Like she has to make easels. Like take these That's boards. A whole different and, skill set. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Like take the wood, prep the wood. So that's porous. Put on the primer. Put on the white. Reprimer and like oh, put on the clear. Make these things and uh, yeah, she does it in an evening. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's how you make an easel. Or like uh, Dan mentioned, freco or making paste in one episode. Like just these all these little things that. You don't realize they had to prep in advance. Uh, really, really amazing stuff. Um, so it wasn't super technical, but it was really neat to see that, like making sure they had you understand that. Uh, just to steal Dan's item. I love that they showed, you know, that this is not art for fun. This is art for work. This is this is how you got paid. Um, you, don't pay, you, don't, you don't paint, you don't eat. Yeah, exactly. You mm. don't paint, you don't eat. And just, just how laborious it really was. You know, you're so... You got control Z nowadays, you know, <laughs> on your Photoshop, you screw up a painting, you start over and, you know, you get hired to paint a church wall. You are stuck in one position for days on end on a really uncomfortable scaffolding. Like none of this looks fun. You know, it really blew my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I think you think of the creative fields as, as a lot of fun. And I guess we got a little bit of that in uh, Azoken. You know, it is hard work, but this was labor. You know what I mean? Mm. so it's really really neat um as, as just the last item the show does a really wonderful job of portraying women in strong positions without screaming at you about it like there's so many female characters that just are striking out on their own paving their own way fighting the system um you know arte really wants to be recognized as a skilled painter not like the rich girl who got lucky and got art lessons like you know like i said she's very skilled and she kind of gets upset when people are like, oh, you know, you're so lucky because you're a rare female painter and you must have been picked because that's what you are. Like, it, it's cool to pick, you know, the rare one. And, you know, she confronts this guy later on very politely and is like, I don't want to be picked because I'm rare. I want to be picked because I'm skilled. Okay? Like, what I'm painting has genuine skill to it. And he acknowledges her skill. And that was a really, really powerful moment um veronica is the other one i'll just keep harping on i love her character i really wanted more of her um she kind of gives you how you had to survive as a woman in, in a 
you know, in a tougher way, right? I mean, let's just, a courtesan is a high-class prostitute. And um, on top of that, helping you to understand the fragility of the system, you know, if, if you're a woman, I think, trying to, to move out on her own. I think Arte sort of shows the, the fun side of it, and a lot of people accept her as she is, whereas Veronica sometimes drags you back down into the harder side of it and is like, there's a fragile tightrope you're walking, Arte. The minute you step sort of outside of the tightrope, you could fall. Be very careful. Um, mm. So the last thing I'll, uh, I'll put a criticism in here, there is way too much Japan in my Italy, <laughs> is what I like to call. Someone put too much Japan in my pizza. And, uh, you know, like characters will like hold hands, uh, like, a, you know, one of the guys grabs her hand, Arte's hand. She's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, you're Italian. This is so normal, please. Like, you guys should be, like, kissing each other on the cheeks by now or being like, yeah, whatever, holding hands, doing the things. Like, you're Italian. You're, you're, your language is romance. Like, no. You know, like, none of this is romantic. <laughs> it's all just, like, commonplace to, to do these things. So there was way too much of that. Like, the, oh, my goodness, he touched me. Nonsense. Um... But yeah, I mean, it was, it was very good. I'll agree with you on that one. There, some of the characters' reactions to, like, what, to people of that place and time would most likely be super, you know, banal interactions is kind of ridiculous. Especially uh, her friend, uh, Darcia, who oh my gosh, like, yeah, every gets time. the vapors every time a dude walks <laughs> by her. Yeah, like, he holds her hand, she's like, oh, falls over, and I'm like, you're Italian, no. There's also an awful lot of really blonde Italians here. <laughs> like, oh my I gosh, know, I know. You know. And they actually do talk about, like, uh, at a point the, the story shifts to Venice for a bit, and they talk about how diverse the city is. You have, you know, you have people from, uh, you have people from Africa, you have people from the Ottoman Empire, you have uh, Greeks, you have people from the north, from France and Germany and everywhere else. Uh, so there is a mixed, uh, a, a very mixed population, but like for all of these like long established uh, noble Italian families, I was like, there is a there is a distressingly high percentage of blonde folks here. <laughs> but I mean, blonde equals European in most anime, just kind of by default. So I understand why they right. went with it. It just feels it feels unnecessary. Like, come on, guys, like some darker hair around here. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, some of the some of the homework wasn't wasn't the best, but overall, yeah. I really liked this show. It was actually the one I looked forward to the most, and oh, nice. I want I want season two of this now. Arte's fun, and I want to root for her, and I want to go on more more adventures where I learn about art and learn about her. So I I do recommend. I'll be interested to see if they do uh, continue on. If she ever becomes uh, contemporaries of any of the actual female Renaissance painters, because while in the early. Uh, 16th century there were not that many at least none that have been recorded um towards the middle and later 15th or 1500s 16th century and so on there's actually quite a few uh renaissance paint uh, women who were painters both in italy and abroad so it'll be interesting to see if they ever bring that up again nice yeah, yeah i'll be we'll looking see. forward to that it'll depend on the timeline but uh in any case i think uh that's enough about the art for a little while uh who wants to go up next before we do that this seems like a good opportunity for a break point so if you're listening along uh go grab a snack and meet us again in part two <laughs> 